0: This is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J-I-G. Subscribe, rate, and review Amazon, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Check us out. And don't forget that Instagram page at That Guy Jig. But the NCAA football season is in off season. It's been in offseason. It's rolling in offseason. And just like all offseasons, what did Sam Cooke once say? A change is going to come. And a change has come. They are finally putting headsets in the helmets. We will have a direct line of communication between the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. Thank you, Michigan Wolverines. Thank you, Michigan Wolverines. Thank you, Coach Harbaugh. Thank you for moving college football in a progressive way so now that we don't have to worry about people saying you're stealing my signs. The signs that I shouldn't be putting out publicly, but you're stealing them. That's that's where we were in college football, but no more. No more. There are headsets in the helmets. This is long overdue, folks. If you've been listening, I've been bitching. I've been complaining about it. And now the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Closed mouths don't get fed. This is why you complain, folks. Now, I know I had nothing to do with this, but I'm going to believe that my complaining was the driving force behind this move let me live let me dream but there is also more rule changes coming the 2 minute warning is now implemented in college football there will be a 2 minute warning in college football i like it i like it there's so many leagues and different sports where the college plays different rules than the professionals I like sports where the athlete is playing at the same rules and regulations as the professional. The professional athlete is the ultimate goal for any athlete. That's that's where you want to be as an athlete. When you wake up, you say, I want to play at that next level. I want to be a professional. I want to play for the cowgirls. Sorry, the cowboys. That's what you say. And then guess what? You go out there, you work hard, and you do certain things. So my thing is, I never really understood why we had so many different different rules between the two sports. You got the you got the one foot in college. Oh well, you got two feet in the NFL. You got the force out in the NFL. Oh, there is no force out in, in college. You got the cut. You, you, you got the cut block. Oh well, you can't cut block DBs in, in secondary in, in the NFL. There's so many different little rules that are changed between the two, That is good to see some common ground. There's good to see some common ground. I love the two rule changes. You will not hear me complain. You will not hear this guy complain not one time. Because it was well overdue. The, 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 the assignment was past due, and, and now we finally get it in. It's a late grade, but it's a grade nonetheless. Staying in college football, 14-team playoff in the works. We haven't even seen 12 yet, but we're doing 14. See, that's the thing about college football. They're always trying to do more. You know, we just had a 14 playoff, now we're going to 12. Haven't even had a 12-team playoff, and now we're going to 14. We don't even know what the 12-team playoff is going to look like, but we're already thinking about this 14. They're saying three automatic bids from the SEC in Big Ten, The ACC and Big 12 get two each. The group of five gets one. At large gets three. And if Notre Dame is in the top 14 on selection day, they automatically get in. Now listen, that Notre Dame one, I know people are upset about. Why does Notre Dame get their own claws in a 14-team playoff? Well, they're an independent school. And for those who don't know, at one point in time, Notre Dame was a national powerhouse. The, 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 the Catholics of Notre Dame is what they called themselves. Back in the day, look it up. That, that fan base, they traveled well. College football is in a great place when Notre Dame is good at football. So they have to so you want to make it to where Notre Dame can get into the playoffs because if you don't know, now you know Biggie Smalls once said that. That this move is nothing more than a financial gain. This is not about this is not about the love of the game. This isn't about fairness. This is about money. So when when it comes down to selecting or the the, the criteria for these 14 teams to get in, it's going to be kind of weird if you're one of those that are have not. If your program is not considered a air quotation blue blood, this 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 don't sit right with you. Why does Notre Dame get an automatic bid? You know, Notre Dame, I truly believe Notre Dame in a few years will be a part of the Big Ten. The Big Ten has a contract already in place that says if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten at any point in time, that they already have an undisclosed amount of money put aside for Notre Dame. Notre Dame is already written into the Big Ten TV contract because the Big Ten has always said that Notre Dame can come home. Notre Dame can come here. If you want to join a conference, you're already up north, come here to the Big Ten. So that's, so for me, this is only going to be a couple year thing. This might affect college football playoffs, maybe three years. I say in the next decade, in the next decade, Notre Dame will be in the Big Ten. I would put a lot of money on that because I just don't think eventually, eventually it comes down to this point right here. There's too much money to be made in the Big Ten and the SEC right now. These two conferences are above the rest, and that's why they have three automatic bids. Another reason that this 14-team playoff is getting pushed is because the Big Ten is afraid that the SEC will get too many schools in. So they want more automatic bids. Well, the the committee's saying, if you want more automatic bids, we got to have more teams in the playoffs. We can't have a playoff system of 12 teams where three and three or four and four come from the Big Ten and the SEC. That's eight out of 12 teams. That's six out of 12 teams. That's half of the playoff field. We cannot do that. They already believe that there's a bias of amongst the committee when it comes to these two conferences. Case in point, last year's playoff would have been a playoff between the SEC and the Big Ten with the Big Ten being victorious. So this, is, this has already been done in front of you. This is not this is not an experiment that we hope that hope that doesn't happen. It's already happened. We saw a complete Big Ten SEC championship playoff game playoff games. We've seen it. So that's what I that's what is pushing this is the Big Ten's belief that they will be outbid by the SEC. And honestly, you can you can kind of you can see why they're fearful because, like I've said before, outside of Ohio State. Penn State and Penn State, you can't even talk about because they can't win the big game. So until they win the big game, we're not even going to talk about them. So take them off the list. So we got Ohio State and Michigan now. Those are your two teams out of the Big Ten that are most likely to go to the playoffs. Outside of Ohio State and Big Ten, I mean Ohio State, uh, Michigan, you might have a Wisconsin, maybe a Iowa if they can be competent on offense and score more than twenty points. Uh, Penn State, if they could actually win a fucking big game. I mean, I've never seen a stadium get so wide out to lose. It's wild. It's wild the amount of big games James Franklin has lost and still is employed. I mean, listen, if you want to pay someone what you pay James Franklin, listen, I can do what he does, okay? I can lose the big games for you. I can for sure lose those. And I can for sure beat the, you know, beat, beat the humbug of the conference. So, you know, Penn State, reach out. But what I'm saying is, this for the, the Big Ten isn't deep enough for three to four teams. There's not three to four teams in the Big Ten that are consistent enough to even be an automatic bid. That's when you start getting a, a muddy... Murky product. You get a four-loss Big Ten team in there, or a you know a three-loss SEC team in there, and you got a one-loss Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve team sitting at home. You got a one-loss ACC school sitting at home who only lost one game to Clemson. That's what this. That's what this format can do. It can cause murky waters, muddy waters, and this ain't the blues. So I don't. I'm I'm not a fan of the 14 until we get through the 12. Let's get through the 12 before we start talking about 14. Can we finish our first plates before we go back and get more? Like, can we do that? I mean, right now our eyes are bigger than our stomach. I mean, at the end of the day, these are human beings. These are it, these are kids that are going to have to play through these games. Young, y- young men. Young men that are going to have to play extra games. They're going to have to travel and do this. But it's all about the dollar. They got NIL, so they're not human, right? They, they'll be okay. We'll see. I don't like the 14, but I'm just me. That's just me. The 12 is where I kind of draw the line. I like the 12. It makes sense. It's perfect. I mean, we haven't even tried it to see if it sucks. So, I don't know. Moving on, the Pac-12 and the Mountain West have a semi-merger right now. See, the Pac-12, if you don't know, now you know. The Pac-12 disbanded with Washington, Oregon, UCLA, and USC going to the Big Ten. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, they went to the Big 12. So there's eight. And then you got two more teams, Cal and I believe Stanford. They went on over to the ACC, so there's 10 leaving Oregon State and Washington State as your two lone Pac-12 schools remaining. Now, the Pac-12 is still the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 had a two-year grace period, folks. They have a two-year grace period to figure this shit out. They need seven Division I schools, active, active Division I schools. So if you really think about it, they're fucked. The Pac-12 is going to be dead in about a year and a half. They're going to they're gonna find a way to get these schools in probably better conferences. I don't see how a Mountain West reverse merger, because at the end of the day, if the Pac-12 merged with the Mountain West, it wouldn't be good for the Pac-12 as much as it would be good for the Mountain West. So really, it's kind of a help me stay relevant, and I'll bring you to relevancy. And that's what we're seeing. Because now if the Pac-12 does indeed merge with the Mountain West, then those Mountain West schools now have automatic bids to the college football playoffs. So that's good for those schools. Now, I think what could happen is they could merge for a year and then some of these programs could get poached by the Big 12. Some of these programs could get poached by the ACC because now they'll be getting a Pac-12 scale um, revenue cut. So that means upgraded facilities. That means upgraded, uh, upgraded things for the programs, which makes a transition from a another conference to another conference easier. If you have shithole facilities, it makes your move a lot more drastic. It makes it a lot more expensive. Case in point: when TCU moved from the Big East to or the Mountain West to the Big Twelve. Excuse me. They've had to demolish their old stadium. The Big 12 says you can't bring that shit. You need a new stadium. They had to demolish that stadium and build a brand new one. So that was one of the things for them moving to the Big 12. Nobody wants shitty facilities, folks. They want cream of the crop. They want the good stuff. I don't know if you've seen some of these facilities at these college universities, but there's not an NFL team that rivals one. Maybe the Vegas Raiders, maybe because their shit's brand new, or the Chargers. But outside of that, I don't, I, I don't think it's much competition. These colleges put a lot of money into their universities, into their their, their facilities. You know, their training, their, 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 their weight rooms. You know, the the, the swimming pools, the indoor fields alternate fields the the multiple fields you know that stuff is what they have to keep up with because you have to keep up with the joneses because nobody wants to go play for a school with shitty facilities so that's why it's such a big deal about about what about the conferences and the money That's why the money is such a big deal. Because when you're getting $57, $60 million per university, these universities are going to look good. That's why every SEC university looks good. It literally looks good. Tell me, leave a comment below, and you name one, realistically speaking, don't troll, be real, name one SEC university that is a dog shit university as far as facilities and upkeep. Same with the Big Ten, same with the Big 12, same with the ACC. And hell, even with the PAC, man, it's, it's literal necessity. It's almost like air for them. You have to have good stuff. Because if you don't have good stuff, nobody wants to come play with you. It's simple. It's like the kid who doesn't have cool toys. Nobody wants to play with that kid. He doesn't have good toys. Let's go outside and play with sticks. Well, that's cool. My mom got me a Nerf gun. I'm go play with my Nerf gun. See ya, Tommy. And that's what happens in college sports. You go to these. You, you, listen, I don't think people people would be truly amazed if they knew how many college athletes were picking schools based off of off of looks, but based off of off of uniforms based off of how the stadium looks during a blackout, based off of the stadium turns the lights off and has a strobe party when they score touchdowns. That shit is huge. That's huge, man. Because at the end of the day, you're dealing with kids. And kids like shiny, cool shit. (laughs) Simple and plain, man. They like shiny, cool stuff, man. They love it. So that's why you see these college recruits they, they gravitate to this stuff. That's why you see these, these college coaches dancing and making TikTok videos and, and chauffeuring people around. They'll never do that again. Lane Kiffin will never chauffeur another one of his players around again the moment they sign that dotted line. Ask Jackson Dart how many times Lane Kiffin has driven him around Oxford, Mississippi since he signed with the old Miss Rebels. Ask any of the LSU players how many how many music videos has Brian Kelly been in since they signed that dotted line with LSU. What I'm telling you are people do stunts, people do things to get what they want, and that's why I've said earlier in this show you see a lot of the older co- a lot of the the prestigious coaches are leaving. You know that's why Harbaugh left. I think Harbaugh doesn't need to do that crap. We're talking about a national championship winning coach now. We're talking about a guy who's been to the Super Bowl. We're talking about a guy who's been successful in the NFL, the hardest league to be successful in. We're talking about a guy who put Colin Kaepernick on the map. Yeah, I said it. It was his offense that did that. Colin Kaepernick was nothing before John Harwell got there. We can argue about it all day. But what I'm telling you is this new age of college sports where it's a Three six five. It's always been year round. I get it. It's always been year round, but now I feel like it's not just year round. It's year round twenty four seven. You know, it used to be you could you can have a little break, but now man, NIL, the NCAA is freezing all their investigations on NIL booster uh, uh, boosters and third party recruiting favors. They are they are suspending all investigations. So this this is real. This is a, you can do that. You can do it. You can literally do it. You can use a third party to recruit now. Because they say by the NCAA jumping in and saying you can't do that, you are pro you are limiting these athletes' ability to cash in on their celebrity fame. And that can cause harm. And that is why there's a freeze. And that's the only reason why it's a freeze. Is because these universities have came up with a way, because if you remember, if you don't know, now you know. I, I'm always going to let you know. What happened at first, the NCAA won the first injunction because the, 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 the courts ruled that the schools did not provide any evidence of how the NCAA's ruling caused harm to the athletes. So a, a, a judge in Tennessee said, hold my beer, watch this, and told them, well, by them implementing this, they are limiting athletes' ability to make money on their celebrity and fame. Which can cause harm, because not everybody comes from a good situation. And sometimes these NIL deals can get families into better situations. Emmanuel Moody, if you do not know who this is, I'm about to tell you, he's a basketball player from a couple years ago. He's, not, he's no longer in the NBA, I think he's overseas. He was a lottery pick. He was one of those kids in the beginning that were foregoing college and going straight to China, going straight over, overseas and getting paid. They sat him down. They said, Emmanuel, why did you do that? Like, Why did you decide to do that rather than go play college basketball? He said, because my family was, was in a bad situation, and they were offering me $2 million. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to go to a university and, 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 and maybe tear my ACL ruin my whole family's like chance of making it out of ruining generational wealth or do I go to China for a year make 2 million dollars get my family out that situation get drafted make a little more money keep my family out that situation and that's what NIL does for people so for listen so for all the people out there all the naysayers who say NIL is bad for college sports how can how can helping someone's family be bad for college sports how can, how can giving a kid peace of mind while he's at, at his university and his family's miles and miles, states away, he's alone, but he knows his mom doesn't have to work overtime anymore because you know what, the ability that he worked on, that he homed, that he busted his ass for, that got him a 500,000 NIL evaluation, he can send that home to his mom and his mom can be safe. His mom can, and that kid has, he has no pressure. He has, no, he has no thought anymore. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. It, no, that's gone. Because you got your NIL. Your family's fine. You don't have to worry about your family. You don't have to go work and do something else, do something stupid, send the money back home just for your career to be over. And that's why I'm so adamant about NIL. So for all the people out there who don't like NIL, then, you know, go jump off a bridge head first. Seriously. Because it's changing people's lives for the better. And I get it. There's some stories out there where people, you know, money management isn't good. I get that. And that's why I'm all for implementing things like, you know, a, stru- a structure strategy on how they can get their money. You know, um, don't give it to them all at once. I mean, Caleb Williams made $10 million in two years off of NIL. Do you think, do you think Caleb Williams' family is good? Yes, they are good. They are good. And that's what I think should be available for every boy and girl in America because that's what you need. When you're coming out of these situations where sports are your only way for you that you truly believe you're going to be able to provide for your family, to change your family's outlook on life is through sports, NIL was heaven sent. NIL was what you need. And there's no reason to take it away, folks. I'm here to tell you there's no reason why these college athletes should not be paid. There's not a real legit reason. If you want to say it takes away from the from the amateurism of sports, kiss my ass, dog. Every league in the world, every league in the world, okay, they get paid. College football is the equivalent to like a, a farm league over in La Liga. Like this is the farm league of the NFL and the NBA. Like that's what that's what these colleges are. Like you have to pay them. Because if not, guess what? Basketball is a prime example. If you don't pay a, a, a high school kid what they want or what they believe they're worth, they can go overseas now. They can go play a year overseas. And they can make millions of dollars overseas and not pay any taxes and come back. Now, that taxes part, I, I'm not, I don't really know. I'm just talking. But at any rate, what I'm not just talking about is this NIL. This NIL is big, man. And you got to get on the train, folks, because the, 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 the longer you resist it, it's gonna run you over. It's too. It's too big. It's too strong. Has too much backing, and it's just gonna go. But at any rate, this is a third of three. This is a third of three right here, folks. This is that guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him J I G. The Instagram will be popping today. It's college basketball. I'll be putting up college basketball picks up all day. I've been hot. Ain't that what uh? Ain't that what they said? Sauce Walker said, it's getting hot outside. That's what's getting hot. So make sure you tune into the Instagram. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. So that way we can all be friends. They say a ship that never ends is a, a ship that never sinks is a, is a friendship. But at any rate, thanks for listening. Peace.